Okay, guys, welcome to the Barrels and Business podcast. This is the show where we aim to help all busy beach-loving businesses to up-level not only their lives and their business by bringing them epic fucking humans from around the world that love the beach, love the lifestyle, but that most importantly can bring us some super tangible tips that we can apply so that we can push forward because we all know we don't have a knowledge problem, we have an implementation problem. Today is about getting your pens and papers out making the notes and choosing the actions you're going to take after the episode. My epic guest today is the amazing Chris Dufay. He is a filmmaker, a podcaster, and most certainly one of the industry-leading fitness business coaches. If you want to check out Chris after this show, go by his podcast, The Chris Dufay Show. We'll make sure there's lots of links in the Facebook and into the podcast apps everywhere. But Chris... No one does their bio better than themselves, mate. That's true, but I appreciate that. So firstly, Jade, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you wanting me uh, on here. Uh, my bio, um, I don't know. I doing, I'm the CEO and founder of Coaches Cartel. Uh, we help fitness coaches, gym owners, fitness professionals build their business, especially online is what our forte is. Uh, I love it. I was a personal trainer since 18 years old. Um, I was super overweight as a kid. So that got me when I was 18, I learned to lose the weight. And it's only really recently I found like this common thread that's just run through my life, which was I was really overweight. I learned to lose the weight. I wanted to become a personal trainer because I wanted to help other people go through that transformation. Uh, I ran a really shitty PT business. I then learned to run a good PT business. I then helped other people be able to build their PT business. And now I kind of feel like I'm going through another evolution where doing, I didn't love life, I didn't love myself, and now I've been able to love my life and love myself. And I feel like that's kind of like the next evolution. So it was actually from a mutual mentor of ours, Taki. I was having lunch with Taki a while ago, and he said to me, he asked a question that no one had ever actually asked me, and he goes, look, what do you want to do if money doesn't become an issue anymore? Because that's going to be pretty soon for you. What's it you're going to want to do? And just immediately what kind of just like rolled out of my mouth was learn and share. And that's just the thing that I just like love. Like I just want to learn and I want to share that. And they're both uh, of the same coin for me. I need to be able to learn knowing I'm going to share and I need to be able to share because I then want to be able to learn more as well. Uh, so I know that probably doesn't answer your question about the bio whatsoever, but that's a, that's a starting point for us to jump off. No, I love that. And the, the key thing I always like to do with the bio, though, is who are you at a soul level? Not, not what you do, not what your titles are, not all that shit. Like who is Chris at a soul level? Well, at a soul level, my answer just wants to become I am. Uh, it was actually two days ago. Uh, I had a float tank session and at the end of it, I just had this immense non-duality. It was just oneness. And it's amazing when you get into those experiences because you are able to pull away all of those labels. I heard someone say a little while ago, I thought it was super smart. When you name me, you negate me. And for me, I take that such as the more labels I start putting upon myself, the stupider I become. 
because I'm just boxing myself in. For example, uh, a while ago, I had the idea of becoming a filmmaker and shooting documentaries. And my immediately first thought was, well, I can't do that. Like, I'm not a filmmaker. And I fucking grabbed that thought and I was like, hang on, no. Like, that, that is a label that I'm putting or that's a label I'm not putting upon myself right. and therefore it was stopping me. It was, it was a story that I was telling myself and this is why I'm so enthralled, especially at the moment, about the stories that we tell ourselves. So I did what I did at that moment to change the story upon myself. Uh, and three weeks later, I had a film crew. We flew to LA. I was doing my first round of interviews. Like I, I remember in my first, uh, first interview shoot, uh, the film crew was there and I think it was the sound guy. And he's like, all right, so like, who's the producer? And I'm like, uh, I am. He's like, oh, so who's the director? And I'm like, yeah, me too. All right, that's me. He's like, who's the writer? I'm like, no, I'll take that one as well. <laughs> so I didn't know what the fuck I'm doing and I still don't know what the hell I'm doing at the end of the day. Um, but I feel like if we can open our expansion of who we tell ourselves, because I feel like a personal crisis becomes when the story you tell yourself about yourself becomes disconnected. And so on a soul level, I feel like there's oneness. And I feel like there's a non-duality that sits there that I've had glimpses of. Um, because other than that, I think my answer would be shitty labels that I'd be putting upon myself that doesn't really explain much. Yeah, beautiful. And I think what you said that was really powerful. There's, there's the labels that we, we use to either hide behind or to make what we think is our identity, which can be really soul-destroying if those labels fall. But there's also the labels that you can give yourself that are empowering when you want to step up into, like, I am a world-class filmmaker. I am a world-class podcaster. And so it can 100%. be utilised in, in two ways. What are some of the things that you've been doing lately to connect yourself and to really um, tap further into that side of you? So I love that you asked that because, like, I just picked up my journal, right? So this is something that I cherish because I feel like it's the best self-development book you'll ever have is your own journal at the end of the day. Um, and something I started to test on, and it's funny because I've kind of like, I'm thinking about what's going on with my project planning, company planning, blah, blah, blah. And at the start of the year, I kind of ran a bit of an experiment and to be perfectly honest, I kind of half-assed it because I was like, oh, I'm not too sure how this is going to go. And the experiment kind of was, well, I could sit here and do goal setting, right? and plan out and be like, all right, I want X number of revenue and this is what metrics we need to hit to be able to hit this domain key goal and all of these goals, 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 you know I mean? And I kind of got there and I was just a bit frustrated with the whole process. And I was just like, all right, I set goals, I achieve goals, I don't achieve goals, but I feel like I'm too driven on the outcome and not on the process. And so what I did was I just wrote down like I am. And I just wrote, I'm a filmmaker. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I just wrote a list of like I am's. Essentially, right. there were the labels that I wanted to put upon myself. And it's only recently I've been really reflecting on this. And I was like, no, nah, you know what I'm going to do? The next time I come around to like truly goal setting everything, like that, I'm not putting down metrics. I'm not putting down numbers. Like, I know. Oh, so we'll, we'll draw on the code of the extraordinary mind then. So we're going for the end goals rather than the means goals, you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So like, it's the process that I really want to love. And I'm like, 
at the moment, I feel guilty saying this, but I know I can kind of like transcend beyond it. But at the moment of this recording, the world is falling apart for so many people and I feel for them. Uh, for myself, however, I'm really choosing to focus on the opportunity, the change, the abundance, the gratefulness at hand. And life's amazing. Like we've done our best sales month ever. Um, money's rolling in through the door. Uh, the team is just amazing. Um, and all of this is happening as I surrender more to the actual process, which is doing my head in. I've got to be perfect. Enough. I was even telling my wife last night, I was like, this is doing my head in because I've totally been of the conscious level of just like doing, right? So it's just like, point me in the right direction. I will run through walls. I'll make shit happen and I'll get it done. Um, but it's funny because now I feel like the more meditation I do, the more reading I do, the more journaling I do, um, the more float tanks I do, the more training I do, like the more surrendering to the process, the better things are becoming. And I'm um, last night I was like kind of freaking out when I was lying in bed because I was like, when does this stop? Do you know what I mean? And I was like really thinking about like, do I keep pushing this? Like, do I seriously, I don't know, wear happy pants and marla beads and like see how this goes sort of thing? Like, um, a, you start great- diving on the patchouli? Yeah, totally. Hey, don't <laughs> knock the patchouli. It's good. Oh, um, my, my brother-in-law is like, every time he sees me, he's like, seriously, you're like two days away from turning up barefoot and smell like patchouli. So I sent a photo of me with a patchouli bottle the other day wearing my hippie skirt and no shoes in the shop. And he's like, it's fucking happening. <laughs> it is happening. And it's a good thing. So a book that I really loved uh, was The Surrender Experiment. So it's oh, from yeah. the same guy that wrote uh, The Untethered Soul. And The Untethered yeah, Soul Michael is a fantastic Singer. book. Yeah, I'm thinking. And so anyway, he wrote The Surrender Experiment and that is an amazing book. So anyway, these are concepts that I'm just playing with because I by no means am someone with all the answers and I'm not trying to pretend to be someone with all the answers, but I'm definitely wanting to uh, be as aware and as conscious as possible to try and figure out like what does this process look like and how do I dance between effort and surrender? Like I'm kind of seeing these as as like to mean different sides of polarity that I need to be able to dance with. And um, anyway, I'm, I'm dancing the dance at the moment. I, I love that you've brought that up because what I found is there's quite a few in my field of people because, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe that are all sort of saying, oh, I feel, I almost feel bad about how happy I am right now or how good I have it or how, you know, like it's actually like how could I be unhappy. Yet my, all my pipeline, the whole way I do business stopped. I was homeless seven weeks ago. I was supposed to fly out to do dream events and I get all of my work by talking shit at other people's events. Haven't even had a website, nothing, everything gone, done. And the universe gives me this. And I'm, I've been exactly the same as you. Like I can fucking just bulldoze my way to anything. I can, I'm a powerful manifester. I can make the shit happen. And then for the last week, I just keep going and going. I was doing like 19 hour days, 17 hour days, just like charging, charging. One laptop dies. Next laptop dies. iPad Pro won't light, won't light up. Camera won't connect to the friggin' thing. And I was like, oh, I keep spouting that the universe has sent us all to our room to think about what we've done. Except for I'm not, I'm still being a human doing instead of a human being. So that's why when, when we started chatting before, I'm like, okay, I'm taking the weekend off. Mm. That's what, like, 
maybe it's we need to slow down to speed up. And yeah, totally. Uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Mm. That's the great Phil Dunphy of Modern Family says. Love it. So tell me, what's uh, what's some of the techniques or tools that you're using to be able to get yourself reconnected so that you know that you are going in the right direction with your businesses and your life? Uh, so the first thing that comes to my mind is meditation. It's something I'm like very ritualistic now with myself uh, in morning and evening. Uh, and I just feel like it's just getting deeper and deeper and more profound and better as the practice goes along. So I'm really enjoying that. Um, journaling would be the other thing that I feel like is the tool in which I can have a really good bullshit meter upon myself because it's kind of like that the, from my brain to my hand, I can call myself out. And so mm-hmm. it's great because like I can't have a conversation with myself inside of my own head very effectively. I don't know if it's just because I'm a bit of a meathead, but I can have a good conversation with myself doing when I'm writing it out. And so I found that that's a really powerful tool for me. And, um, have you read conversations with God? Yes, I have. Um, (laughs) it feels like that process. (laughs) Yeah, totally does. Well, that's the thing. Like, especially when we start talking about creativity, like so much of it is you're tapping into something else and you can put something else under any other word that you want to. Um, but for example, Sam Harris has this concept and I agree with him. Like I see it and it feels right to me, but he says, we don't have free will. Like the next thought that you have, you didn't choose to have that thought. Where did that thought come from? And so there is something else at hand here. And I feel like it's above my pay grade right now to like really delve deep into it. Cause I feel like I'm totally the student going through it now. Um, but meditation, journaling, uh, my training, I find extremely therapeutic for myself. Um, and obviously I think it's, I believe it's very important to take care of our physical vessel uh, as we go through this because doing, we're on this physical plane for a reason. So we need to be able to do that properly. Uh, gotten into float tanks. Uh, actually for the last, I think we're about, I think it's at least three weeks, maybe even a little bit more now. Um, every evening i've been doing a sauna and ice bath rotation so like sauna ice sauna ice sauna ice yep. um and i feel amazing like infrared feel sauna so or normal good. sauna no normal sauna so you like heat up quickly i i wouldn't do it with an infrared sauna doing the cycles because you would take too long to heat back up um but yeah it's like 10 15 minutes in the sauna five minutes in the ice rotate around and i've been doing that every evening and it's just Oh, dude, it's incredible. Like it's, it's something where I'm sitting down and I was like, no, this is something I'm going to like, I really want to do for the rest of my life because that and the float tanks have just been like incredible for me. Um, so that's been really good. And uh, psychedelics can come into there as well. Like I'm happy to chat about that. And it's something that uh, it's been a part of my life only recently. And I've been very cautious and tentative like i was interviewing and reading and doing so much kind of like research uh before i ever like even i I did my first psychedelic experience i actually uh did a silent meditation retreat here in bali um i did my first mushroom experience on the first night of that retreat it was amazing um i'm actually later this year i'm going to rhythmia 
which is an ayahuasca plant medicine retreat in Costa Rica. I'm going there for seven oh. days. Um, so I'm, I'm really supposed to be. To I'm supposed to be facilitating in Costa Rica in July, depending on I what think, happens with all of this. Yeah, I think it's in August. Yeah, so I hope. Oh. Fingers crossed, it's still going to be on because I'm actually I'm bringing my videographer with me as well. We're going to film the whole thing. And it's actually going to be a part of one of the documentary series that I'm shooting. Um, uh, breathwork, breathwork, something else actually that I've been doing. Uh, Wim Hof style. No, not really. I think the Wim Hof style is really good, but there's so much more to breathwork than just Wim Hof style. I know kind of Wim Hof's kind of the fad when it comes to breathwork, but <laughs> there is a lot more. Yeah, totally. Like there's, there, there, is a, there is a large uh, gradient to what it could be. Mm. So anyway, I've actually, there's a guy uh, that I've been seeing and I've been doing like talk therapy uh, with him and then breathwork. And that's been really good for me just to be, talk to someone and just completely be open and honest about everything that I'm feeling and for someone to be able to, uh, I mean, help me go through that process. I think like uh, some sort of talk therapy can be Is very that one-on-one or is it yeah, um, the groups? Yeah. No, one-on-one. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty introverted and I'm very hermit-like in a lot of situations. I kind of call myself like a situational extrovert, like, I love speaking on stage. Like I love bringing the energy out and being with people and it's really good. But at the same time, I really need my own time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like private breathwork sessions I've been, I've, have been great for me. Like even an ayahuasca experience, I did a, it was a one-on-one with myself and the shaman for an ayahuasca experience. And like, that was really good. So like I, I uh, group things kind of freak me out sometimes because I'm, uh, conscious of the energies of the other people that are bringing in and just like their intentions and stuff like that. So yeah. sometimes we're like, fuck that. I just want to do it myself. Yeah. fair. I just know there's um, quite a, there's a powerful group uh, in around Bali at the moment with the men's circles and doing talk therapy with like uh, Joel Brown and Rory Callahan. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I saw Javan Joel just Langford. at the gym just the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so I know they're doing quite a lot and I've, and actually, Quite a lot of my guests that I've had on lately, uh, because you know the the level of people is, seems to be the same. Um, a couple of the Mind Valley guys said talk therapy was one of the key things that have helped them push through lately and really break some of their barriers. And and when they managed to break through those, the the trajectory of their business just went crazy. Like Jimmy Narain is like sitting at one hundred and fifty thousand um, Udemy course sales now, and he's he's kind of like just Sick. this 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 flip. Like the switch just flipped for him and he said one of the key things was doing that talk therapy. So I think that's a really beneficial thing, especially for guys. Like girls will just get a glass of wine, talk shit, um, pull their hearts out. It's, yeah, I tell you, um, I, 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 I would agree to that where I don't know why, but do you know, maybe it's the story we tell ourselves, the labels we use, but guys and I've just found, do you know what I mean, I, don't, I can be very open and very transparent, but still it's something like I'm really wanting to get it out of me now because I see the benefits of it. It's just like, wow, this is cool. Like this growth and this evolution is like, it's really fascinating to me. Like I'm really getting into it. And like, it's just like, like even like to to the right, obviously we're talking in a podcast, it's got to do with business, right? So like someone could be saying like, all right, sick, Chris, like doing breathwork, journaling, mushrooms, but I want to build my business. Um, I do believe there is a correlation over to development of self. Um, maybe you could even term it as esoteric training because uh, I'm, like, I'm reading a Rudolf Steiner book at the moment 
and that's what he's talking about. And it's really fascinating to me. So with all of this going on, I then look back and I look back at to the past, uh, in the past uh, three weeks, we've done uh, a bit over $500,000 of contracted sales. And so I'm, that's where I'm like, holy shit, like this, this business is now an organism. Like it's, gro- it's growing and evolving and changing by itself. And it's not just me, but also as me as the CEO, I must show up. Like I was thinking about it, for example, like yesterday, Thursday, we have team meeting calls. And so I'm on meetings from 10 a.m. to 12.30. And I was able to show up for those team meeting calls in the zone, like as my best self. And when I really thought about it, connecting the dots, looking back yesterday afternoon, I was like, wow, I really showed up the way I needed to show up and I needed to be able to lead and to be able to see problems that we need to be able to solve before they ever get here and to be able to essentially get the right people in the bus, in the right seats, and then drive the bus in the right direction doing what we need to do. Um, So that's why there is a point where at the start, you're going to have to fucking do everything you can. You've got to work your ass off and you've got to bleed through the forehead. And I totally accept that. And that's where, unfortunately, when it comes to business uh, advice, you've got some people that are just like, you've got to work your ass off 24-7. And then you've Gary got other V-style. people. Yeah, like Gary V-style, do you know what I mean? But he also says that's his DNA. But there is a place and time for that. It's also there is a place and time for when you have to disconnect. There's a place and time for when you – like I was doing a coaching call for Black Belt, what was it, like last week, and then there was uh, someone on there and he goes like, oh, I want to take some time off. Like I'm feeling really run down. And I was like, take some time off. Like take care of yourself. And that's where – People aren't wanting to give nuance the respect because mm. it's not one or the other. Do you know what I mean? Like there is nuance that sits in the middle when it comes to these things. So I'm just finding it really interesting in being able to like truly sit and feel and work through this stuff because um, at one point, do you mean what I was completely outcome focused? And now I'm like, no, 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 I really want to love this journey and just be the person that I want to become. Um, Don't you find that your team want to follow you more when you're sitting in that place? I feel like that for sure because the team and who we're attracting into the team, like actually I just brought on a new coach uh, last week. Um, All of my coaches, actual previous clients, because I always want someone to like have been in the system and kind of like be that true evangelist yeah. so they can actually be the best coach in that position. Uh, I offered him, got on the call and offered him a job and he cried. Um, and it was a very sweet, humbling moment for me. And like, he's amazing. And I've been able like doing, he's come into our world and he's pumped and he's doing so good already. And I'm just like, oh dude, like you're the best, you're the, like you're the best culture fit, but also like, mindset wise and just like how he just shows up I'm like this is epic like this is good do you know what i mean and that's the stuff where so much of what we do is out of our hands uh so there is an element of just being able to be like oh fuck it do you mean it's yeah it's got to happen what's got to happen what i really love about that is i coming from 13 years in in recruitment so i've seen teams being built i see the things that work and things that fail i've built 
um, businesses for the last 21 years and built teams. And a business can never outgrow its founder. And mm. if you want to know why the people are unhappy, unproductive, miserable, or whatever, you have to look at what energy you're radiating and the vibration you're coming from. Totally agree super- with that. And if that's constantly from, for me, I was like constantly in that masculine like slam and that does, that grinds on people and not everyone can run at that pace and you just, you end up dragging them through the dirt. Whereas when you actually go, hey, we're souls here having a human experience, there is something more than just the grinding. If we start to fill our cup and we start coming from that new energy and that vibration, people rise to meet us rather Mm. than being polarized and running away from us or feeling the friction Mm. and like my biggest thing is I say happiness is the greatest hack to productivity and profitability. So if we can work on us as founders to get us to optimus, optimal happiness, you're going to be the most productive, most in flow, be able to show up like you did for your team yesterday, be able to see the dots and make the connections because you're coming from the right place and that's going to be ultimately profitable. So if you can get each one of your team members to that level as well, mm-hmm. imagine how fast that bus goes then. So I had a... Um, uh Alex Sharfran uh, is a great friend, but I also have uh, hired him. I guess I'd call him like a CEO coach to me. Um, he's like one of the world's best when it comes to like the operations of a business. And uh, he said something really profound to me that just like rocked me to the soul. And I was talking about my goal and objective of wanting to sell the business down the track and what do I need to be doing now to be able to I mean, build the business to be able to be a sellable asset and all of these kind of things. Um, and he also said to me, he's like, your job isn't to coach fitness coaches anymore. Your job is now to coach your team. And that's what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Doing As long as you play CEO, that's what you're doing. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, so... Think of the ripple effect you can have then rather than just coaching the individual clients. Exactly. And I was like, oh, I was like, dude, yeah, I get it. Like, okay, like, wow. It was just like quite earth shattering for me. And that's where like we all have these beliefs and uh, what so many people don't do, myself included, and I try to do this at least as possible, but like we don't question our beliefs. Do you know what I mean? Like I had this belief of like, oh, like if I only coach fitness professionals for the rest of my life, I haven't evolved as a person and I'm going to get bored and blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? But he just came in and just like shattered that belief um, with some, he pierced it with some very concise wisdom. And I was like, oh, wow, that was really good. So I think that's yeah, so true with what you say <laughs> oh my on gosh. the aspect of us needing to be better and lead our team better and the leverage that creates. A hundred percent. And I think this is a limiting belief that so many business owners have and a self-worth thing that they feel they still have to be down there in the trenches doing the tactics and doing the grind. Like especially guys that run trades-based businesses and things like that, they still think that they need to be on the tools because I don't want to be seen as better than them or whatever. And it's such a limiting uh, opportunity for how much more you can do and by stepping up and leading. Yeah. So I laugh because I totally get that for for two reasons. One, I labeled myself as a personal trainer for so long. Like I was still calling myself a personal trainer and I was like, Oh, I'm not fucking training anyone. Like I've I've totally stopped this so long ago and I was still calling myself that. So I found that quite amusing. Uh, But I actually had my head success coach and my general manager separately 
say to me, be like, dude, you don't need to do this anymore. Like, we've got this. Like, we can do this. You go do the things you need to do. That Only that up. you can do. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I was like, oh shit. Like my head success coach, Adrian, he's like, oh, I love him. And I'm just like, oh my God, thank you so much, dude. And then my general manager, uh, Hazel, like she was like, Chris, you don't need to do this. Like, I've got this. Like, just doing, like, go. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm out. Um, but think about that because. So cool. The more time you're doing the things that other people can do, even 80% as good as you, it's stopping mm. you, it's the price of admission, stopping you from doing the thing that only you can do. And how much does so that true. rip off A, the business, B, the staff, and C, the clients? So true. And so I actually thought about that because that, that concept of what you just said, is like, what if someone can do it 80% as good as you can do? That's still a belief that I pierced. And I was like, well, what if I can get someone to do it 110% of what I can do? Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's where I came to a point. I'm like, I'm not that smart. Like, I, I always hire people smarter like, than I, Yeah, like, it's just like, I don't think I'm that special. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, my mum told me I was special. Uh, and I still believe it, but I also know that there are, everyone else is as special as well. So I feel like- Mum certainly you didn't tell of, me that. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, come on. You are special. There you go. I, I'll tell you for you. Um, yeah, like, I feel like if you can just drop the whole facade of, like, trying to be so great at everything, like, I don't have mm. all the answers. And because I can admit willingly that I don't have all the answers, I think that actually gives me a head start because I can move and pivot and act so much quicker. I, um, I had a client tell me the other day that they, I'd sent them off to do some thinking about their fear of success and what's holding them back and where they're at. And then he's like, oh, I really want to hire someone in sales, but I don't want anyone to be better than me. I don't want, I don't want someone to be better than me at sales. And he's like, Terrible. because I've come, come from this super competitive sales background where it's just yeah. ingrained that you've got to be the number one salesperson. Yeah. And he found that when he went to hire people that he was like, Oh, there'll be a better salesperson than me. And he, he self-sabotages the process. Mm. Mm. And to be able to take that recognition over the ego as well and say, right, fuck, better put that in the box. Like if I keep doing the sales, I can't keep, I can't do the coaching yeah. and I can't do the stuff that I do better than anybody else. And this is not, this is not a task that I need to do just because my ego wants to be better at it. And it, that, that was just true. the indoctrinated though process. Yeah. It's silly so, though when you think about it, like um, when I, when I watch people uh, have discussions or arguments in the positive sense of an argument. Um, a debate. A debate, <laughs> you can call that. So there's a great book that I've read twice now and I, I, I think I want to read it pretty much like every quarter, um, uh, which is Thank You for Arguing. Uh, my Ooh. writing coach, John Romanello, uh, recommended it to me. It's amazing. It is a very, very good book and I love it. And I want to continue to craft that skill. Uh, a lot of time there's people that... Like I ask people when they're like in an argument or having a heated discussion or whatever. And I'm like, do you want to get it done or do you want to be right? Because oh, yeah. the people that want to be right are the ones trying to stand their ground, dig their heels in. But if you just want to get the actual end objective done, and I feel like that's why I can argue well is because I'm willing to drop my ego down and be like, you can think whatever the fuck you want to think, do you know what I mean? But I'm going to get the end objective that I want to get. Um, and I'll be happy within myself and not look for that kind of like outside gratification of it. And so, yeah, right, that just comes to my mind because I had to say that to someone recently. 
No, I love that. And I, I, I've used this in relationship coaching with with some of the business couples that I've worked with in the past. Like what's more important to you? Is it just being right and your ego or is it actually getting this put to bed or getting the best solution? Like totally. where, where are you willing to let go? hundred percent it is. And it's funny because like, we can become very unconscious to that fact and just want to be right and be like, no, screw you. Like, do you know what I mean? And want to like yeah. fight against it. And then you're like, well, actually the outcome really isn't what I wanted it to be, but I no. feel better about myself because I won the outcome. Does it really serve like where you're, what you're trying to achieve? Does it really yeah. serve? Yeah. And that's, I think that's a great way to get it to end a lot of arguments is to go, you know, do you want to win the battle or the war? <laughs> you know, one of the best ways to, to mean is just to say, yeah, you're right. Let me think about that and just walk away. Done. Yeah. And both parties go think about it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Go to your room. Um, go to your room. Go to your room and think about it. Oh, the universe keeps sending me to my damn room. Um, <laughs> okay. I want to just want to switch gears for a second. Go. Tell me about burning ships. Uh, burning ships. Um, so a lot of time we must do... We must embrace change because that's the one constant. And again, kind of like what I was talking about before, we have to understand there's nuance or you also have to understand yourself because I've had a lot of people say, uh, hear my story. And my story goes along the lines of, I was a personal trainer since I was 18. I ran a successful personal training business in Sydney throughout multiple gyms. I had a team of personal trainers working for me. Three days after my wife and I found out she was pregnant with our first child, I had an email that essentially opened up the opportunity for me to move to Dubai to start a business there. When my wife was six months pregnant, I sold my house, I sold my car, I gave my business away and I flew to Dubai to start a business uh, in hopes to creating something greater for all of our future and my future family. Um, I burnt my ships. And I slept on the couch for three months. I got the business up and running. I flew back to Sydney in time for Lauren to give birth to Arlo. We moved together back to Dubai. Um, I, I fell in the same problem that I did the first time and I burnt out again in the same stupid business model that I call the time for money trap today. Uh, and then I burnt my ships again. We completely sold everything, gave my clients away, the whole thing in Dubai. And that's when we moved to Bali six, uh, nearly six years ago. Um, so for me, it's been like, there's been jumps where I've had to let go of one vine to be able to grab hold of the other simply from the circumstance. And maybe because that's the way I better operate as well. However, there's a lot of people right now, especially right now where someone could be listening and be like, I really want to do X. I really want to become Y. I really want to achieve Z. And for them to be able to do that, they have to go through a shift of what they're doing. And essentially it's an identity shift as well. But there is a case of, well, do you go all in? Like, do you push all the chips in and go like, I'm all in? Do you know what I mean? Because for me, I had to do that twice. Uh, And I'm really fortunate that it worked out the way it is. Yeah, I worked a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I learned a lot of things. I made a lot of mistakes and I did make it happen, but I still want to also acknowledge fortune in the mix of it all as well, because there's so much outside of our hands. And so I feel like 
with people right now, you've got to think about, do you want to burn your ships and go into whatever it is that you want to do? Because some people kind of have to burn their ships right now. Do you know what I mean? And then I feel like if that's the case, great, embrace it. Like burn those motherfuckers to the ground and go racing the other direction. Uh, but What's on the great flip about side, this situation is though, some people were looking for permission. Like it's well, it's hard. Do you know what I mean? Like the the there's still the that you know they're wearing all the shoulds of what they should do with their life, and they're being still held back by maybe some of the programming they've taken on from the culture scape. And this is your permission. Burn the fuckers down. Like yeah. you can. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people just need that excuse, and sometimes it comes in a form of bankruptcy, a divorce, a global crisis. Like if there's something that you've been really wanting to do, this can be your opportunity. It totally is. And that's the thing. Like you can take any sign, do you know what I mean, to be that signal for you to do something. Um, I think the ultimate or maybe one of the ultimate skill sets that we can cultivate is not having to go through, do you know what I mean, the universe slamming our head into the ground. <laughs> um to try and get us to wake up to be able to make a change. Like I think that's very important to be able to play with those doing smaller, uh, doing tip taps on the shoulder. Yeah. But so when it comes to burning our ships, I feel like this is a great moment right now where someone has to decide, well, do you burn your ship or if you don't, but you've got to either way decide to make change because there's a beautiful opportunity with what's going on right now. And I feel like people really need to embrace this. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, we were talking just before the call. Like, I, I don't think I've been listening. I've not, I've been, not list, definitely didn't listen to the whisper or the tap. And uh, I, was, I felt like uh, I didn't listen to the, wasn't listening to the computers getting broken. I was like, <laughs> Mother Nature is going to slam me down if I don't actually pay attention right now. And I've been through that a number of times, like having, you know, ligaments ripped off of ankles to, to try and stick me in a hospital to make me stop. Still not stopping. Car accidents, turning up to the next day at work, still wearing my neck brace and, like they, they gave me 8% whole person impairment said I'd never get better. And I did not take one day off work. I'm like, no way motherfuckers. I'm like, just, like, just eat these panadine fort and just charge on through. And I was like, Oh, you're not listening. Let's give you irritable bowel, irritable gut and let you throw up some blood. See, yeah. that's going to stop you. Nah, that's not going to yeah. stop me. Like just keep, keep going. So being able to tune in and go, wait, there's been a few slaps here. Let's listen to that before the Mac truck. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, one of my books I can see on my shelf right now is The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker, an incredible book. Um, and it's something that does come to mind for me frequently uh, that I purposely want to bring to mind as well is doing our own mortality at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. that should be a driving factor um, that uh, helps us make the right decisions. Just on decisions. One of the things you said to me before that we talked about before is you need to understand who you are before you take advice. Can you give us some context to that? Um, I think when we, at the end of the day, there's good advice and bad advice and there's good criticism and bad criticism. There's good opinions and bad opinions. Like I think some of dad, I think my dad said one to me is like, uh, opinions are like assholes. assholes. Everyone's got one. <laughs> as soon as you said it, that's what that's what came into my mind. As Must well. be totally an Australian thing. All right, we'll embrace that. We'll embrace yeah. That. And so, when I'm listening to someone give advice, 
I'm wanting to be really aware of how am I acting to it? Like, is it triggering something in me? Is this right for me? Where is this person coming from? And just really trying to oh, understand. That's so, Im- that's so important to know though, right? Because totally. other people's shit put their filters on and they project onto us. Oh, dude, that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest killers that I see when it comes to people just doing the wrong thing is someone giving advice that one shouldn't be giving advice in the first place. Two, coming from a point of view like they know all the nuances at hand and they know exactly what needs to be happening, which is never the case. Like, never the case. Like, when someone comes to me and goes, like, Chris, like, oh, dude, I really want to build my online fitness business. Like, what do I need to do? I'm like, what the fuck do I know? Do you know what I mean? Like, dude, we need to seriously, like, start peeling this onion to figure out what's going on because one thing I don't like is cookie-cutter answers because... Do you mean if it's if you can slap it on an Instagram quote post? I don't think there's a huge amount of power behind it. Like, granted, some <laughs> things from William Blake or Seneca, do you know what I mean? Are really good, but still, there's like a oh, this this isn't actually answering my question. So, I feel like we need to understand ourselves to go. Well, what is it that I want? Is it is this aligning with my objectives and my morals and my ethics and my values? Do I have the skill set to be able to do this? Am I acting out of fear or abundance right now? Like there's so many factors when it comes into it. And so that's why I'm just interested when looking upon myself and looking upon others when it comes to like, all right, you're listening to someone else, but you're doing the wrong thing or they perceive it completely wrong. Do you mean so someone might've said something, but you've perceived it in a completely different manner and therefore you're taking that ball and running with it in a different direction. So I feel like it's really interesting when uh, we actually do you mean, put the time and effort in to be able to sit and actually think about, well, this person said to do X, do you mean, should I be actually doing that? Um, because the other side and having the balls this, to challenge it as well. Oh, totally. Like I, I've done it so many times when I've had mentors, like say something, I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, I just go running off, like doing it. And then I come back later on and I'm like, Oh fuck that actually, that, that was silly of me because of these things. And now I'm being able to like look back upon and kind of like join those dots looking backwards and be like, Oh, okay. Like I shouldn't have done that. How can I avoid doing this in the future? And so that's why also like, even when, coaching our clients we're specific into understanding what is actually going on with them before we tout something that could just get them completely messed up by doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And to circle back, this is why I love where we started in terms of the self-work and, you know, even doing psychedelics, doing the float tanks, doing the meditations. Like if you're taking on people's advice, taking the time to sit with it, and to check in with your soul to see if it really does resonate and is it going to lead to where you want to go ultimately or are you doing it because you're, you're doing it because you think you should or you're taking on the, the bullshit rules of society and you're like, okay, well, I, I should really want to make a million-dollar business because such and such and that will make me feel validated. But then if you check in, you're like, actually, what I really want to do is have an epic life with my family and my kids and if I go for the million dollars, that might come at a cost of spending time, maybe 500 grand, but with a bigger profit line is better for me. Well, maybe the other people don't think I'm as, as successful in their right in their mind, but yeah. maybe they're making a million dollars turnover and their profits only a hundred thousand. Oh, okay. You, you, you're going to get me fired up on this one for sure. <laughs> okay. So one thing that just like 
it doesn't drive me bonkers because I can control myself better. But one thing that used to drive me bonkers <laughs> is uh, when people are me, oh, I made all this money. And I, like, for example, I said before uh, in like the last three weeks, we've done over 500, there's like $520,000 worth of sales to me in the last three weeks. You know, fuck all about anything behind anything than that, right? So someone, most people will think that suddenly $520,000 has just dropped into my bank account doing in the last three weeks. And they don't actually understand the business and go, okay, well, we actually only spent, we're only actually only spending about five and a half grand on ads per month, but there's so many other factors generally yeah. that come into the whole thing. And so that's where I find it interesting in like so many of the masterminds that I'm in, it's completely transparent. Like we know all of our numbers, like it's literally on a board. I'm like, I know exactly how many leads you have. I know your revenue. I know your profit. Like I know, I know how much money is actually going into your bank account. And that only comes in a very sacred space that uh, is really encompassed in trust because doing what happens. That Not on the island, that Instagram highlight reel. Like- yeah, exactly. And that's, so that's the thing is like, please don't, see what someone else is doing and just like try to make this, oh, like what's going on? Because doing, are they happy with themselves? Do they have good relationships? Are they in good health? Do you mean like these are so many things. So like my next uh, filmmaking project, I'm doing a documentary series called A Life Worth Living. And essentially all I want to do is two things in this series. It's one, redefining success for what is today and two, redefining how we get to that success today as well and so i didn't like this is a concept that i took from james Ramco. was i didn't like how people make so many compromises because i would see someone earn heaps of money but lose their relationships climb the ladder of corporate success but get fat do you mean like there's just show me and i was like i don't want to make compromises i want to be in great shape i want to make a lot of money I want to spend plenty of time with my three daughters. I want to have an incredible sex life with my wife. I want to have a great uh, circle of close friends. Like I want all of these things. Now, granted, you can't just suddenly create everything out of thin air and there is a process to that, and which is why I also believe there's no such thing as like a work-life balance. Um, but it is a process of like, please don't just take what someone else is throwing out there because there's so yeah. many things you don't understand. And that's what I was like, just, just take that away. Like if you need, take that media away from you and just focus on yourself because it will be far more empowering. A hundred percent, hundred percent. With my last business, the first year that I ran it was just me and I made 400,000 in profit. And then around the last year, we had obviously we're turning over ridiculous amount and we only made a hundred grand in profit. So uh, Alex Sharfman, he's actually got a really good podcast on this and a concept and it's called the, the myth of a seven figure and the myth of a million dollar business. I think it's called. Um, and this, so what happened to me, right? You get to the million dollar business mark and you've duct tape and blue tack the shit out yeah. of your business. And it's just like, Oh shit. Like there's shit everywhere. And there becomes a big difference with profitability uh, as well. And so for me, I was like, holy shit, you're so spot on, Alex, because like you get to the million dollar mark and it's like, oh my God, like I think it'd actually be better back there. Do you mean there was less stress and blah, blah, blah. So for me, I actually see a big difference. I believe, and this is just my belief, I think it's 
my, like my next step is just to get to a million dollar a month business because then it actually becomes something that truly grows without me. Like we're at a point now where I'm very thankful. I don't, I'm not really in the domain, the operations of the business. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm able to go and do my more genius things. Um, profitability percentage is really high, which is great. And so I do see that there is a difference. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like, a $500,000 business, a million dollar business. There's like a 3 million. Then there's like a 10 million. Uh, and then it goes up. There are definitely stages that are kind of like where you want to be at. And I think the million dollar stage is kind of a sucky stage for most cases because there becomes a lot of issues that people uh, aren't willing to look at when they get there. Yeah. Uh, and I've been through building three businesses to that level and the, the wheels just start falling off the wagon <laughs> and it's a lot of, it's a lot of work to, to, to get to that next level. And you really do need to go back and look at what, what things are vanity metrics, what things need to be let go and what are you willing mm. to maybe, you know, get over yourself with to be able to move forward. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And when it comes to that, like for me, when uh, we got to that point and like, we were plateauing or very slowly growing. Uh, for me, it was just like the operations of this business is what needs to get fixed. And so we've been working. It is no surprise to me the immense growth that we're having right now because we took a conscious pause to ensure that we built the operations and the delivery systems behind the business as well. And so now we're like, dude, we can, we can uh, scale it's 10 times the amount of clients that we've got, no dramas. Like I know the exact systems that we need to be able to, like it's all there. And so it's interesting because there is a point, like so many people are just like, I want more, more, more. I want to grow, grow, grow. Um, that becomes a huge problem at times. And I think there are definitely times where we need to look like- at the, Look right, at the growth of the pump, profit. Totally. Pump the brakes, chill out. Do you mean like, what are the actual problems we need to look at? And from my personal experience, operations was the thing. Um, yeah, dude, my life changed when I brought in a general manager and I had an integrator in my business. Do you know what I mean? And like someone's like, the first time uh, I got on a team meeting and I was the passenger in the meeting, so I wasn't running it. Do you know I, mean? like, I just sat in the background. Uh, I nearly cried because I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like I, it, it was such a realization for me to see this thing running without me. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, Leads are coming in, sales are getting made, delivery is getting done to the clients, and I'm not there doing it. Like, did you have to wrestle with any ego to be able to let go of that though? Oh, there like, was to definitely be able like, to go. Definitely, this is my baby, and that. I'm going to give it to. Oh yeah, there's definitely points all along that. So like the first part was, um, especially with like coaching style businesses. I think one of the best things to get off your plate first, other than like shitty administrative tasks and stuff, is sales. Um, and then coaching and then like operations and then marketing, do you know what I mean? And then like the, the bigger mm -hmm. things that come across. So there was definitely points all along, but now I can look and be like, my coaching team is amazing. My sales team is amazing. The operations is absolutely amazing. Marketing is great. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like looking at all those parts, being able to run and then run together as well and seeing the communication happen. Like, so much stuff happens without me actually being there now. It's just like, oh, cool. Like, all right, this is good. Um, but it, it's also now the biggest uh, issue I probably think I would say that I had 
was then truly coming into what this role that I now am in entails. And for me to be like, oh shit, like this is completely different now. Like, like this is a true transformation that I've had to go through to actually truly sit in this seat um, and do what I need to do compared to like all the shit that I was doing before. What's your best advice for someone else that's going through that process? Surrender to it. Just like open up to it, surrender to it and be willing to uh, be willing to have other people come on board and to understand that you must build new skill sets. So for me, I'm becoming, I'm always really trying to be aware of like, okay, what are the next skill sets that I need to encompass? Like how, what is it that I need to grow? What areas do I need to grow? Um, so like leadership being one, like spirituality is one and still one for me where I'm like, this is a skill set that I want to be able to grow in. And so like, God, like, I've read like uh, uh, like The Prophet by Khalil Cabran, uh, Autobiography of a Yogi, uh, heaps of Ken Wilber stuff, like Rudolf Steiner stuff, like just heaps, like Carl Jung's, like just heaps. Do you know I mean like I'm really trying to take it from all areas? Um, uh, even Vision stuff, like I've read Vision's book twice. Uh, it was actually really interesting. So. Uh, the first time I actually read Vision's book when I was in, we spent a month in Mexico. This is actually really interesting. I've never really thought of this. We spent a month in Mexico a little while ago. And it was like the first time I actually like took time off from the business. And uh, I was reading Vision's book and it was just such perfect timing um, because it was just aligning everything that I was actually going through at the time. And it was the first time in ever, like as an as a adult ever, um, that I'd actually taken some like proper downtime off. The only other time I would have taken some downtime off would have been when we went backpacking through South America and that was like years ago. And so there was just really interesting how I like look back at that now. I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting how that helped me grow a skill set that then ne- let me take the next step that I needed to. What would you say is the one to three things that you most, you took most out of Code of Extraordinary Mind? Uh, bullshit rules. For sure. Yeah. Um, having an actual framework to it. Like I love frameworks. Do you know what I mean? Like I look at what he vision did with that book framework, I look like Taki stuff frameworks. Now I just think in frameworks the entire time and how important they are. So I think actually seeing the levels of growth and having a framework to all of that was really good. Uh, is there a third one? There definitely would be. I'm going to have to read it again. Um, fuck it, we'll leave it those two. When I um when I come back to Bali, I'm due to run uh, um the Be Extraordinary seminar in in Bali at some stage. We we're going to do it when I was here this next trip. I'll get you to come and speak. Dude, that'd be, be sick. Be a that'd part be of it. That'd yeah, we actually deliver the the seminar is the full day based on the book. So oh no shit, that's amazing. You would really give some amazing insights to that. Yes. Okay. Well, um, okay. I'm going to add that to my book list for this week then. Yay. Um, have you read all four conversations with God? Yeah, I did it all at once. Did you? Oh, epic. Yeah. Yeah. I went and did three days with Neil Donald Walsh um, in Barcelona for my, the very first Mind Valley U around Awaken oh, the Species. Yeah. And it's, it's the thing that made me let go of everything and mm. actually start speaking. And um, I, I had to do a letter to God there. And yeah. it's what made me step into doing this full time and. Yeah, it's... What came through you when you wrote the letter? Oh, fuck. Um, 
so I had the programming of the ex-husband uh, holding me back that only like anyone on stage or speaking and everything's just a fucking wanker, just wants to be a socialite, they just want attention, like there's nothing of value in it, um, that I'm a bogan, so, you know, who's going to want to like, I should just stay in my lane. Um, and I'd been through, I'd just been to iLab as well and I was being, I, I was tossing up whether I should be a personal trainer because I did a lot of sport. What's and I, iLab? Uh, iLab is Roger James Hamilton's business accelerator oh, yeah. in Bali. Okay, I now yeah, facilitate okay, cool. that now. Yeah, right. Okay, um, yeah. So I'd been running, I started the American Football League for women in Australia. So I'd like, so I was like, okay, if I'm going to kill my baby, maybe I'll go, like, everyone's like, oh, you, you go back to surfing and be a surf coach or be a fitness trainer. So it was like wrestling of this. And, but mm. this, I had this calling and I'd ask my clients, what, what did I do best? Like, why did they use me? And they're like, you're a coach, like you coach and you should be speaking and should be doing all these things. And I used to vomit before I had to like do any podcasts or anything. And so my thing to God was, am I actually supposed to play a bigger game? Am I, am I meant to step up and, and, and do this? And what came back was that I had to shine the light on me so that I can shine the light on others and show them that they should shine their light. And so I still have, I wrote it on my iPad. I've still, still got it. And I was like, what does this mean? (laughs) And then I'd said that I, when I read the code of the extraordinary mind that I was going to fly to KL and convince vision to license me in Australia so I could teach other people this stuff. Mm. And then two days after that, we were doing the seminar, the be extraordinary seminar with vision. Mm. And for whatever reason it came through in the meditation that I would walk onto a stage from the right hand side and it was a huge purple stage with white wings and the room was like massive and I was like oh that's was that well that's weird and at the very end of the thing Vision's like oh we're looking for uh we're going to license up to 50 trainers around the world to take the Mind Valley training to their country. And I'm like, shut up and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> and if I if it hadn't have been from the letter that came through from from God, I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to say I could stand up in front of a room and do that. Yeah, that's cool. What's even funnier though is almost a year to the day I went to Mind Valley University to teach that particular seminar. So that wow. actual seminar for vision. But and that was in a nice intimate room, like two, three hundred people not a big purple stage, but then they, I'd applied to speak uh, and teach LinkedIn stuff as well and do a LinkedIn workshop. Yeah. And they took me in to show me the stage that I was going to be on for that. And it's a 600 seat room and it's got a massive purple background. Like, I mean, this thing is monstrous. (laughs) These giant white wings. I I nearly died. (laughs) Wow. Um, That's cool. Yeah. That's the short version of the story, but yes, that's, uh, the conversation with God and the, yeah, the fact that I needed to start speaking to help others. Yeah. I love that. Well, that's the thing. You've got to open up to those messages and you had the cojones to make those changes and go down those paths and do the decisions. And dude, I, I tip my cap to you, Jaden. It's awesome. Oh, I had to burn all the, burn all the boats, all mm. of them to the ground, moved, mm. sold everything in Sydney, Closed my company, got rid of my investors, changed even how I, like I used to wear a full suit, everything, burnt everything. Gross. Like literally didn't even, didn't even bother downloading the database. It's like, just fuck it. <laughs> That's sick. I love that. <laughs> Otherwise I would have been tempted to go back into recruitment. Um, no. 
<laughs> I want to just touch a little bit on um, who you are as a surfer now. I know it's a new thing for you, but what, yeah, what took of, you to the water and how uh, does it make you feel? I've always loved the water. Um, I, I n- always need to be very close to the beach. So, like, I grew up in Manly, Sydney. Um, and, yeah, the beach to me is actually very um, important to me. It sucks at the moment because here in Bali and Changu, the beaches are closed. So it's the one thing. I was like, my, my life at the moment, I've got to be honest, is absolutely perfect except the beaches are closed. Um, what I don't get is like, you can go to Milk and Madu and have food, but you can't go for a surf. What the hell? Yeah, so it, like all the restaurants here have opened up. The good ones have opened up. So, like, it's amazing and it gets delivered here. But... Um, yeah, the beaches are closed, which kind of sucks. So anyway, um, it's something that I really want to do a lot more of, and especially because I've surrendered so much more. Like for me, I'd always stop myself going out surfing because I'd always want to go surfing in the morning. Um, so I'd just rather go out for a wave then. And, uh, I'd always stop myself because I want to work. Um, so I took the work over the surf um so when i get out there now it's just like oh oh my god like this is so good (laughs) like it's just just being in the water for me being in the being in the sun being in the sand is extremely therapeutic for me um it's it's really important for me and i i kind of i wig out when i'm actually not around the beach um for very long and i'm not getting sun and i don't have my feet in the sand so yeah i think it's um it's for me it's really important and when i have other people just like enthralled in it as well i think it's really cool yeah i find now i completely wig out if i'm not near the water even when i was grinding away in sydney and didn't surf for 17 years i needed to still be able to see water yeah and and have that connection and it's funny you said that like the thing that kept kept me out of the water a lot was Again, wanting to surf in the morning and all that being the best time, but then yeah. feeling the guilt because I ate Gary V for fucking breakfast. Yeah. Like I lived at Clavelli looking over the water and oh, still dude. still didn't get out because or I'd prioritise football training, and go, but I could run in the dark. So um, it, it's, it's like the realisation for me that I am at a soul level a surfer and an ocean baby. And mm. my sister can now tell she if she sees me and she's like, you're all fucked up. Your energy's all fucked up. When did yeah. you surf last? Yeah. And I like, haven't been in the water for a week. She's like, well, you can just go away until you've done it yeah. because I don't want go your energy radiating. Yeah. I don't want your radiation on my kids. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> oh, ouch. Um, and I think for surfers, like even, at, even when you're not actually in the water getting a wave, it is that, it's that whole, for me, I think you talked about it earlier, that connection to nature as well, like, being able to to get that connectedness and and yeah. the tapping in to be able to hear the messages that were being sent from the universe totally or even just being sent from ourselves as well like yeah you just i don't know and that's the thing like everyone needs to find their own thing and that's why when i think it was important for us to talk about like knowing yourself i mean so there's knowing yourself when it comes to advice and so listening to this is a part of taking advice. And so if someone's like, Oh, Chris journals or the taken mushrooms or whatever, like don't take it as that's the thing that you must do. You've now got to go find whatever it is that you you need to do. Do do you mean to do it? And that's where I feel like people kind of get that message mismatch. Um, 
because even on that note, like you, when we started the conversation, it was like, Oh yeah, I did DMT MEO five last weekend. And like a lot of people tell you like, Hey, if you want to get that real connected in, you want to do this thing. That's like your thing. Whoa. It was so not my thing. <laughs> well, it wasn't not my thing. I didn't have a terrible experience except for if you look at the video, yeah. but I won't go do that experience again because that wasn't the thing that, that lent for me where other people are like, Oh no, you should just try again. Like, yeah. oh, you just, maybe your shaman wasn't right. Maybe well, it was this. You know, see, like for me coming from the health and fitness world, I, it's infuriating when people are like, oh, you've got to eat keto or you've got to eat paleo or you've got to do this or you've got to train this way. It's like, no, like this, no, stop, 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 stop. It's like, you've got to do what's going to work for you. That's the only thing. Yeah. Get the dog out of the race and let's just find out what's right for you. And that goes in all different aspects. Obviously, there's key principles that we must follow. Obviously, it's important to experiment. Do you know what I mean? Like, for some reason, I put I didn't do float tanks and I've known about it. And I've kind of like, it's been in my area for quite a while. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know why. And then I was at the sauna and the guy that owned it, really nice guy, Julian, he's like, dude, it's on me. Go. Like, and I was like, all right, all right, all right, go. And see, so like, you pretty much like forced me. He's like, on Wednesday, what time do you have free? And I was like, ah, uh, four o'clock. He's like, all right, four o'clock. You've got 90 <laughs> minutes. I'm like, okay. And then like a Google Calendar invite comes through to my email. I'm like, oh, fuck, I've got to go. Um, and I went and I was like, this is the best thing ever. Like, what I was, was the like, resistance? This, this is amazing. I don't know. Like, I was just, I was just, I know being what my douche. resistance is. I'm scared what? of shit to be alone with myself, all quiet and crap. Well, I see, like, <laughs> I, I, find, uh, I find that really <laughs> interesting because. <laughs> uh, say when I've done like silent meditation retreats, yes, yeah, that, no, that makes me vomit. Yeah, so like, so I got to push back, and I would have to say, Jade, you're the one person that you take with yourself everywhere, and if you can't sit and be with yourself, I would suggest that you look into that because for oh, me, yeah. like, uh, a book, I think I was kind of talking before don't talk in absolutes i'm going to talk in absolute right now a book i think everyone should read is how to love yourself like your life depends on it uh amazing book uh he only just put out a recent new version everyone should read it if you don't go and read it you're a peanut um because i think it's the most important concept so for me i got interviewed uh just a couple days ago and someone said like uh what are you most proud of and i was like honestly the person i've become because I was someone that didn't love myself, didn't like myself, didn't have the life that I wanted, blah, 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 blah. And now I can put my head on the pillow each night and be like, I like, I like me. Um, because every action we take is a vote for who you are becoming and we're always judging ourselves. And so when people say like, oh, I need to go on a holiday, I'm like, well, you're still dragging your shitty ass in a self <laughs> with you to, to yeah. whatever location you're going to. So like to drink bin uh, tangs and hope that's going to oh, make things better. <laughs> I see you in a bin tang singlet, Jade. I'm going to kick you in the shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, I think if someone starts working on loving themselves, I think it's that you're heading in the right direction. Yeah. I love it. I, I, Look, I know that's the stopping is, is my hardest thing. Stopping. And that's why it was a big thing for me to say, I'm going to take the weekend off. It's like, that's yes, the shit out of me now. What am I going to fucking do? <laughs> Good. Like, so I, I'm in my home office here. Um, 
it's hard for me not to have this as a fucking vortex that pulls me back in. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and like, especially like I have the artwork of my daughters behind me because it helps remind me as well, get out of this room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like get out. Uh, so I have this and still yeah, sometimes yeah. get stuck here and I'm like, I'm watching a yeah. bank right here. Like yesterday morning, I, I blew off Taki's call because Ooh. I was sitting here. I was running the meditation in the morning and I saw these guys getting slotted and I was like, fuck it. I'm going surfing. <laughs> Good. And so you should. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah I, uh, all work and no play makes Chris a dull boy. <laughs> this is very true. Um, can I get you just to give some parting wisdom or just key tips that you might say? I'll give you some context. If it's a busy beach-loving business owner, they're wearing too many hats and the thing that's the one thing that's holding them back from actually scaling their business is themselves. What do they need to let go of or what tools could you suggest that they either, you know, uh, a course they need to do, a book they, they need to read besides uh, the, the How, How to, to Love, love Yourself, yourself like you. yep. or, you know, a practice that they... What would you say? Uh, this is super interesting. I'm really watching myself with this answer. Um, I could answer it in a way of here's a different tools and tactics, which I think can be very myopic um, because it could be like go surfing or do you mean? Mm-hmm. smoke some TNT and I don't think that's the right <laughs> answer and I don't want people to think that do you know what I mean like yeah. that's that's not the right thing like I feel like I want to say uh, I mean maybe start journaling with yourself but I even feel like there's a there's an element of someone needs the awareness to be able to do that properly as mm. well do you know what I mean um, and are they actually going to do it it's an interesting question because when I really want to like peel back the layers to your question right now, Jade, I'm like, there, there's some real truth behind what this could actually be. Um, busy beach loving business owner standing in their own way. What do you do? Well, I guess the first thing you need to do is get out of your own way. Um, maybe it's fit. I like to, I'm going to speak more in gestalt than trying to just give advice. Mm-hmm. I like to think uh, in more of experiments. So I'd rather in that situation say to myself, okay, uh, if I could only work, actually, so I did this recently. So I, I literally am going to speak from gestalt. I said to myself, if I can only work until 12 midday, five days a week, how do things run from there? Right. And so now I literally, uh, my routine is I wake up usually at five. I woke up about four this morning, but usually wake up at about five. Uh, I meditate, read, journal, that sort of thing. I usually start work at six. I go for a walk at seven. So I usually do like a, a task for an hour, go for a walk, come back, and then I work until 12. At 12, uh, I go get some sun. I read, I chill out. One o'clock, I go on train. Then when I get back, which is about 2.15, 2.30, I put my dad hat on. Do you know what I mean? So that's like, that's when I'm like, I'm dad now, um, I'm husband now, like this is, this is the role that I'm playing. Um, and I'm being very protective of my time as well. 
So that forced me to say, okay, if I put these constraints around me, how do things then operate? Because I have less time to be able to do these things. So if we have a busy business owner that loves the beach, standing in their own way, well, get out of your own way and run as an experiment. Say, all right, for the next two weeks or the next four weeks, I'm only going to work with these parameters around me. And how can you then find solutions for things to be able to operate? So it comes down to like an 80-20 kind of like rule as well. It's like, all right, well, it's even like a, a 464. It's like 4% of your effort's going to create 64% of the results that you're going to get. So what is exactly those four? Because um, uh, as I said before, when I was in Mexico a little while ago, I did this, uh, but I said to myself, I only had 90 minutes a day. And I was like, all right, I'm only going to work for 90 minutes a day, Right. Um, and our routine was epic. Wake up, go for a walk, uh, get the girls together, go to the beach, would play on the beach, have uh, breakfast on the beach, have coffee on the beach, have lunch on the beach, would come home, I'd have a train, I'd be able to work for 90 minutes, then go on train, then it was like back to dad duties after that. Um, So I think if you run an experiment to try and uh, have a crack at things to get out of your own way, because the question then needs to be what, why are you in your own way? What do you want to achieve? Like all of these other things that we don't know. Um, think of it as like an experiment. And I feel like it's an extremely effective uh, tool to be able to then figure out smarter answers because mm. usually the problem is, so this is what it comes down to. Sorry, I'm long-winded, but I want to make this no. a good answer. Is... Um, as Keith Cunningham quotes so brilliantly, uh, having the right answer is smart, but having the right question is genius. Mm-hmm. And so I put a tremendous amount of time in making sure I'm answering the right questions. So when you are putting constraints upon yourself, you're also uh, constraining yourself to then ask better questions. And so then when you start asking better questions, you then get better answers. Oh my God, what's hilarious is I just got my team to make a quote tile saying the quality of your life comes down to the quality of your questions. Questions, it's true. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, another like quote tile that I think works really well with this, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Like that's what it is because that's what most people are doing. They're playing stupid games yeah. and they're winning stupid prizes. Oh, I love that. Um that's just really helped me for next week because I know what drives me to overwork, my soul-sucking search for significance. And I just, I'm doing pro bono stuff for everyone nonstop because yeah, stupid, I just, you're not showing up. And when we think about, you know, when you, you used to have a job and if it was a four day week, how much shit you'd get done in four days yeah. or like on Fridays, if you're knocking off early, how much shit gets done. It's like, yeah, Time expands and contracts yeah. the suit. Yeah. So With, uh, Parkinson's law, isn't it, Jimmy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's Parkinson's law. I'm, I'm thinking for business owners, especially because this world's supposed to be coming here, um, uh, for beach lovers, it's, okay, if you go in the morning, I'm actually taking the morning off and I've only got the afternoon, yeah. you've got less chance to fuck up. Like, because for me, if I go, oh, yeah, I'm going to knock off at 12, but then I can convince myself that I have to stay on and I, I just roll and roll and roll. Yeah. Whereas I, if I flip that and went, you know what, I don't actually start till 12. Yeah. Then I, 
I need to make sure I have my end, my end of day routine, yeah. but that constraint. And I've been, I teach doing an ideal week and I'm about to redo my ideal week and you've inspired yeah. me. The week yeah. is. Yeah. Shrink shrink. Down. Start putting more lines through those boxes and make it smaller. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's also, there's also the, uh, the different degrees of like when it becomes a quality of work scenario as well, not just a quantity of work. So like mm-hmm. the, we all start in the quantity of work scenario where it's just like, you need to do more and you need to just bash that stuff out. But then it, it, it does flip. And when you get into the seat of needing it to be quality, that's when you need to, uh, I mean, change gears. And what we're talking about here is become really profound. Yeah. And when you do do this, this is when you'll, you'll get better at what you do. Like you'll train your team better. You'll spend the time to make sure that they're upskilled because you don't have time to stuff around and you can pass stuff over to them. You yeah. can start empowering the people to, that are the better genius than you at their thing because yeah. you don't have time to do it. 100%. I said that to my team for a few things during the week. I was like, I don't have time for this. I ain't doing this anymore. Like this Figure must it be out. done. Yeah, I was like, totally. And they Somebody, came back with a better yeah. answer than what I had. Doing like yeah. they totally came back with a better answer than what I had. And I was like, oh, amazing. Yeah, you've got to you've got to have the confidence to step into that. Mm. Oh, I am so so grateful for this conversation. This is exactly not the conversation I thought we were going to have. Good, because I and it's exactly the conversation I feel needed to be had. I was thinking we're going to go through just like the tactics and the business advice and we're going to oh, do this stuff that. and it's yeah. going to be, yeah. so I, I loved getting to know you much, much better. Um, I'm going to say to any of the listeners that want to get to know you better, definitely swing by the Christopher show, which is his podcast. Is there anywhere else they can connect with you though, Chris? Christopher.com uh, uh, on Instagram. Do you mean it's just Chris Dufay? Uh, if you want to watch the documentary we just released, uh, it's fitprodocumentary.com. Um, uh, yeah, find a way. Beautiful. We'll find a way. We'll get all the links for everybody. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, sharing your soul, and a bit of your spunk and personality with us today. Thank you, Jade. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And as usual, if you've loved today's show, please make sure that you leave us a review or share it with your friends. Hey there, Barrel Chasing business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. What would be amazing and allow us to reach as many business owners just like you would be if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you feel like you got any entertainment or any value added today, if you could pop on over, that would mean the world to us. See you on the next show.